everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, we talk about three main things, faith and family, fitness, and the outdoors. And the reason being is that the people that I've either looked up to at one point in my life or recognize as successful men and women incorporate these three things into their lives, and it allows them to live happier and healthier lives happy, healthy, and more successful. And that's what I want for myself. And that's what I want for you as the listener. And uh, so I've just started Redbeard Outdoors last year. I started doing the podcast just so that I could share that journey with you. My personal journey, having amazing discussions with people like today, uh, where I have a discussion with Clay Clay Wells. I almost said my Southern accent almost came out there. Clay Wells is an awesome dude that's gone through his own transformation. He's a bow hunter. He's a family man. He's a volunteer fireman. Uh, He does amazing things. And we'll get into that conversation here in a moment. Uh, But that is just one of the many reasons why I started Redbeard Outdoors to share this journey with you, to show you that you can keep it simple and make it easier to get outside, to live a more happy, healthy, and successful life. So along those lines, uh, there's some amazing companies that I work with. Again, I don't try and sell you anything, but if you're already in the market, might as well save some money and support the podcast and the people that support me uh, by going and purchasing. There's a couple of items that I recommend, especially as we're getting into the backpacking season. Definitely good backcountry nutrition. And there's two main companies that I go with there. Uh, first being alpenfuel.com. Check out all these links are going to be down below. Keep it simple so you don't have to memorize anything. Just click on the link uh, or use the the discount code that I'll leave for you and save some money. At alpenfuel.com, you can get the best backcountry granola you'll ever have. My favorite flavor is definitely by far the cranberry white chocolate. And then close second would be the strawberry chocolate and the caramel apple. You go test them out, get a sample pack, see which one works best for you. They're great cold, they're great hot. Uh, Go get some of that. If you're looking for something more than granola, also at alpenfuel.com, they sell Heather's Choice and Peak Refuel, which are my two go-to brands for meals outside of granola. And just go check them out. I'm telling you, it's great. It won't tear up your stomach like some other companies do after eating them for a couple days in the backcountry. Your your stomach will be happier. You'll feel better. And uh, just get some good nutrition while you're out there enjoying the outdoors. Also, First Form. Uh, I work with First Form and First Form Outdoors. And they make some amazing backcountry snacks, whether it be the jerky sticks or my personal favorite protein bar out there. It's gluten-free. Even the chocolate peanut butter pretzel, my favorite. Uh, They just came out with a new flavor, cookie dough, which I'm also stoked for being gluten-free. It's hard to find anything that's good that tastes like that delicious cookie dough flavor. Uh, So go check out First Form and get you some of those protein bars. If you need a good protein powder, if you need a multivitamin, all of that's provided there as well. I also work with Absolute Aid. So absoluteaid.com. They have the best and cleanest CBD chewables that I've found on the market. They support getting outdoors. Their slogan is seek to do more. And, uh, but more than anything, it's clean, no THC. And it's helped me on those days that I've had maybe a hard workout the day before just to get a little bit better recovery and to not feel as sore. So definitely go check them out. 
any of the other companies that I work with, the links are down below. Go check them out. I wouldn't recommend them to you if I didn't use them or trust them. So definitely go check them out. I also have some awesome gear reviews coming down the pipeline. So uh, get excited for that. And without further ado, let's get into this awesome conversation with Clay Wells. Again, family man. He's gone through his own physical transformation, mental transformation through 75 Hard, and is a volunteer fireman, along with so many other things in his community. Just a great overall dude. And I'm excited to share this one with you guys. So listen up. All right, everyone, I've got Clay here. And Clay is a fellow Legionnaire here with First Form and First Form Outdoors. Um, I ran into Clay through First Form and I've kind of followed his journey. He's had an amazing transformation. We're going to go into that a little bit more, but he also loves the outdoors, loves family. As you know, everything we talk about here in Redbeard Outdoors. So Clay, let us know a little bit more about who you are. And uh, yeah, basically that, you in a nutshell. Um, well, I don't know if I really fit in a nutshell, but um, you know, I pretty, pretty typical family guy. Um, right. You know, right now I've got four kids um, ranging from three to 10, uh, three girls and one boy. And they definitely keep me on my toes. Um, I've lived here in, in Iowa since I was 10. Before that I lived in Colorado and you know, that's where I, um, you know, my family always was into hunting um when we lived in colorado we went and i had an uncle up in northwest colorado so we'd go up there every year and take the guns out and drive around and try to find some mule deer so my dad usually got at least one every year um so that was my first experience in the hunting i mean ever since i was little um and you know growing up in the late 80s early 90s um spent most of my time running around outside uh i had a as far back as i can remember um i had you know my first bow was a little fiberglass longbow um for the most part it had a piece of baling twine on it as a string and going around the yard shooting and stuff with that and um just running around like a wild man that's how i spent most of my most of my youth um but yeah now uh i'm living up in northwest iowa um and uh, i've got involved with first form last year in july and after six years of just struggling with my weight and not being happy with where i was at and and finally found something that worked for me so that was pretty nice and now I, and what's it, this was my, uh, this last year was my third year um, hunting myself. So it's been a journey. I, I dove in pretty hard when I, when I grabbed my old bow and started shooting it again about four years ago. And it's, uh, it's been a quite the, quite the journey since then. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, it's cool. I didn't realize you were from Colorado. So that's awesome to, to hear about. And, uh, and so going from Colorado to, to Iowa, I'm sure that was a little bit of a culture shock and it's definitely not as active of a community. Um, how old did you say you were when you moved out to Iowa? Um, I was 10. Okay. Yep. So we moved out here. Um, 
my dad's originally from southeast Iowa. Um, so we moved back here where all of, pretty much all of his family was. Um, and actually for the first, you know, I don't remember how long it was now. We actually lived with my aunt and uncle at their house for quite a while until my parents found a place. And um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Uh, when I lived out in Colorado, I thought I lived in a small town and went to a small school. Um, then I moved to Iowa and there was more kids in my class when I lived out in Colorado than there was in our whole elementary school at my new school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, had, I ended up graduating with 37 people in my class. Wow. That's crazy. And that was five towns that made that up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I've been a, you know, country kid, small town kid my whole life. Um, after I came here and, um, continue that now, uh, I right now I live in a town of 80 people so and my house has got cornfields on two sides of my property so I'm almost in the country <laughs> <laughs> so you've got so you you've got a town that has 80 people in it so what twice as much as the class you graduated with right so you're feeling a little little overwhelmed yeah. okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome man cool well that that's that's pretty cool I haven't yet been to Iowa um, I've heard good and bad. Um, it sounds like you like it. Obviously you stayed, you stuck around. Um, and so, and you're raising a family there. So, uh, let, let's delve into that a little bit more as well, because I, you know, being a, a father, uh, and a dad, I, I, I love the aspect of getting kids involved outdoors and hearing everyone in their own perspectives on how they do that, how you manage getting a family outside. Cause it's truly not easy all the time. Sometimes the kids are like, yeah, let's go outside. And for the most part, that's how my kids are. But there's days where they're like, oh, we have to go on a hike. It's Sunday. You know, like they know it's coming and they don't want to, whether it be they're tired from school or whatever. Um, but I, I would just love to hear your perspective. How is it that you involve your family in your passions, which is, you know, getting outside, whether it be hunting or camping, whatever. But how do you get your family involved? Um, so we've always been fairly active. Uh, I mean, me and my wife, we met in college and when we were, when we were down in college, we were always going for walks around campus and going for bike rides and stuff. Um, for a little while when I was in college, I had a couple ferrets and we took them to the playground and take them on walks. And that was pretty fun. Um, Did you say ferrets? Yeah. Ferrets. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard of people walking ferrets, but I, I had a friend. Oh, yeah. That owned a ferret yeah, and he had yeah. like the tubes running all through the house and stuff. Oh, we never had that. We just had, yeah, we had little harnesses and leashes and we, there was a little park about probably a quarter mile from where we lived. And we just walked over there and we'd take them with us and they love playing on the playground equipment. They'd climb That's up awesome. there and go down the slide. Uh, it was the funniest thing you'd ever see. And if there's kids were there, if kids were there, they loved it. They just went crazy watching the ferrets. And I bet that's funny. with them. So it was a good time. But yeah, from there, I mean, we uh, we moved up here. This is where I'm up to where my wife is from. Um, her parents live in town, um, so that's nice having them nearby. Um, but it, we we're pretty lucky. 
where we're at. Uh, we got, there's a nice old, um, used to be railroad that's now a trail that goes right through town. Uh, and if you go, go a mile to the west on the trail, you're going, you're crossing the river bridge. Uh, we got a boat ramp access down here to the river too. Uh, and it's the same timber. I'm, I hunt just south of town. Um, my, my farthest stand that I had set up was almost exactly a mile from my front front door if I walked there. So, uh, and it's, it's just always been pretty easy for us to get out with the kids, you know, go for walks, uh, go for bike rides, stuff like that. Um, and then when I got into archery again and decided I was going to start hunting, I just started taking the kids out with me. Uh, I started with my son the first year. Uh, I think I took my oldest daughter a little bit. Um, and until it got cold and then we <laughs> left that at home. And then, uh, and at that time, all I had was this old uh, pop-up blind that I, my brother gave me that he didn't use anymore. And from there, I just, I've kept taking those two. Uh, I haven't taken my third one out hunting with me yet because she is just like her father and can't stand, sit still. And it, it, I, I still say if I didn't have a cell phone now that had cell phone reception out where I was hunting, I probably still could bow hunt. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. I'd love to go sit in a stand sometime. I, you know, when I was in North Carolina, um, and I think I've mentioned this in a couple of other podcasts, but I, I've, I've got a lifetime hunting and fishing license out there, but I went out one time and uh, with a rifle and sat in a stand and it just felt like shooting lanes and I couldn't do it. Like, I don't know. It just seemed boring. We didn't end up seeing anything. So that probably didn't help at all, but I use my fishing license all the time. Um, but now that I'm into archery, I, I, I think I could see the boredom aspect of it, especially if it's not a very active day. Um, and that's why I love out West hunting. Cause I can walk if I'm bored. Uh, but at the same time, like I could see the appeal of a tree stand or a blind, um, and wanting to, to get in close, you know, 10, 15 yards, um, and then not even notice you're there playing the wind, right. And stuff like that. That just seems like, it seems like a lot of fun, but also I could see the, the boredom kicking in, um, like what you were saying, if you didn't have cell phone service yeah. out there. <laughs> and you know, that that's, what's been really cool for me. Um, you know, my dad, after we moved here to Iowa, he, he bow hunted. Um, but I never went out hunting with him in the stand basically because the reason that I couldn't sit still and be quiet. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, where we lived down in Southeast Iowa, um, he had his, he was, his stand was even closer than mine. His stand was about a hundred yards out our back, our back door, <laughs> just down the hill out in the timber. And he's, he's always told me, he's like, you know, the reason I've never shot a big buck is because I'll go out in there in the morning and I'll sit and, and I can only sit there and listen to the cows bellering so long before I have to go up and feed them. So, <laughs> so, you know, maybe if he would have put a stand somewhere farther away from where, where he lived, he might've got Your something bucks. more, but he's gotten some pretty decent bucks over the years. And, um, 
But uh, most of the time, he'd just go out and shoot a doe and give us some meat, and we were all plenty happy with that. Um, and uh, but that's kind of, you know, for me, I when I when I dove into this, you know, I didn't really have any experience with it. So basically, everything I I've learned came from stuff I've watched online and read, and um, you know, I just really dove into it like you know, getting, getting trail cams, trying to figure out where to set up a stand and most of what I hunt and I, I have permission to hunt on some private land. Um, like early at the beginning of the season, I was set up on the edge of an alfalfa field. Um, and, but then when it got later on, when we were getting into the rut, I was hunting out on public land in the timber and, it's been pretty interesting being able to set up, you know, set up different trail cams and areas, see where the deer are moving, seeing when they're moving at what times and what deer are around. Um, and just trying to figure out when, when the best time is to be out there to try to get one of the bucks in front of me. Um, I got pretty lucky this year with the one I got. He is, he is by far the biggest a lot bigger than the last two years and um and then i got a late season um late season muzzleloader tag which you can hunt with a bow here in iowa for late season and i went out back out for that just trying to fill the freezer some more and and then that was rough for me i didn't, <laughs> couldn't part couldn't get a deer to come close to me during late season and it was cold and i was like all right we're gonna have to rethink this a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's funny i you know it's a whole uh almost strategy game out there with whitetail um mm -hmm. and and that's something that i'll i'll have to delve into a little bit more i'd love to go back and hunt north carolina or or some my dad's in florida right now maybe go down to florida and, and do some hunts down there um but yeah i can't i can't imagine because again, like I just compare it to Western hunting, which is what I, I know over the last couple of years. And if you don't see animals, you just walk somewhere else and look for them. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a whole different game. You know, if you're mm -hmm. cold, you can walk. Uh, if you're cold in a tree stand, you kind of just have to bundle up or suck it up. Right. You can't really, uh, you can't really do much. You know, I've definitely gotten better over the years with, uh, keeping myself warm. That's for sure. Um, Last year, last year, I figured out the, um, you know, they make hand warmers, foot warmers. I was like, oh, why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> but the, the foot warmers are definitely nice. Stick those in there. Um, this year, I finally got myself a set, a pair of insulated hunting bibs. So that, that definitely made things better as opposed to trying to layer up underneath my just regular hunting pants and um just kind of picking up new things each year uh and it, it made it a lot better that's for sure like the with the stuff that this year i probably was sat out in the coldest temperatures i've been in um but i was i was sitting better than i was was last year temperatures that weren't weren't as cold gotcha yeah. And that's, uh, again, it, it's interesting to me. You say it's a little bit more difficult during the late season. I could see from that aspect of it being cold sitting in the stand and it's good. You got some insulated boots. I'm sure that helped a lot. If I put insulated boots on my feet, um, I, 
I sweat like crazy. I mean, I already sweat like crazy as it is, but yeah. Um, yeah, this, this, this late season, uh, elk, I guess a cow elk hunt that I had, um, I didn't have insulated boots. And so after I sat down and I'd been sweating, like my feet, my toes got cold. So I can, I can imagine a little bit how, how that probably felt. Um, yeah, with that's airflow. the biggest issue I have too. Yeah. With airflow under your feet too. Cause I guess if you're up in a tree stand, you don't really have ground or, or something that you could dig in. Like I could dig my feet into the snow and, uh, and, and kind of use it as like a little snow cave in a mm-hmm. way and they warmed up after a little bit, but, um, yeah, that airflow, man, that, that'll get to you. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. And congratulations on that buck, by the way, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. So, yeah. I was pretty proud of it. Um, I actually, I, and I ended up getting it mounted this year. So, um, you know, I've never had a deer that was worth mounting before. And I figured this was a, you know, my first good one. So I'm going to mount it. And if I get one bigger next year, I might mount it too. But if not, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. And uh, so on, on the topic of hunting while we're, while we're here, man, I could speak on hours and hours of archery. And I just noticed too, um, we're both wearing first form t-shirts and we're both wearing <laughs> archery hats. <laughs> that was totally not planned. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't message you about that earlier. No, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so with, with hunting, are you looking at coming out West at all? Is that something that you're looking at doing eventually, or are you good with whitetails? You just I, passionate about whitetails. I would love to go out West sometime. I mean, uh, you know, seeing all the stuff, you know, people hunt elk hunting out West. Um, that, that stuff, that's definitely a bucket list thing for me, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, right now it's just been, been nice being here in Iowa, being able to hunt whitetail right close to home. I can, you know, I can get off work at four, get home and change clothes real quick and run out and sit in the stand for a couple hours pretty easily. And, um, that's what a lot this season, um, cause, uh, all three of my girls are in dance right now and that's where my wife and them are at right now. So, every every monday tuesday and wednesday they're all gone until about six o'clock so it's like all right i'm just gonna get home i'm gonna change real quick go out and sit in the stand <laughs> yep and usually it's getting dark about the time that they're coming home so it worked out pretty well <laughs> that's awesome no that that's a good system and and i'm, I'm glad you bring that up because i i did kind of i did want to ask a little bit more as far as family's concerned um just clarifying that because that's something that a lot of people don't talk about and for me it's a big deal because I've gone through rough patches and I'm still not the best communicator with my wife um, as far as what my plans are, what I want to do. And sometimes I can steamroll her plans and that doesn't turn out good. Um, And so, you know, things like that are always things that need to be considered that a lot of hunters don't even think about until hunting season. And then they're like, well, it's my time. I need to go, you know, it's it's selfish. It can be extremely selfish. And so I, I love that you're saying that you kind of plan around, you already know they're going to be gone. You get home from work. So you're not, you're not in charge necessarily of getting them to and from dance. You know, that's kind of some time that you can take. You don't go yep. and take, you know, you don't go and, and come home and say, all right, see you guys. And, and then leave again. Right. So with going back to what you said about getting your family outside, I did want to hit on hit on that point because you just brought up something that I try and stress to people so much. It's so simple. 
You don't have to make it complicated to get your family outside. You even brought up going on walks and going on bike mm -hmm. rides, going to the park. Like those are my three big things, scooter rides, um, racing your kids around the block, you know, make cardio quote unquote fun, you know, yeah. and, and get them out, just get them outside and, and, and have them, you know, like my daughter scootering in front of me, setting my pace for my run. And she's like, why are you so slow, dad? You know, like things like that. Uh, yeah. I just, well, love we've, it. we've definitely done that. I'm like, you know what? I want to go for a run and kids are, and you know, at least a couple of them are say they want to come with and they'll hop on their bikes and ride their bike down the trail while I'm running and works out perfectly fine. So they, exactly. they I, I'm pretty fortunate. I, you know, I don't have to fight my kids to get them out. Um, but I think that's cause you know, it's what we've always done as a family. Um, from the beginning, you know, we weren't sitting around doing nothing. Um, and you know, for me, I, like, like I was saying earlier, you know, I've, for the last six years, that's kind of when I, you know, how my fitness journey, how long I've been working on it before that, uh, I'd kind of let myself go and, um, and, and got pretty, pretty out of shape, pretty rough. Uh, I mean, I was to a point where like tying shoes was a struggle, stuff like that. And, and we've got like an old square farmhouse type style house that you can run around in a circle. And at that time, my kids would have been, I think my oldest would have been three and five. Um, and like, we'd be running around, I'd do like two or three laps running around in this little circle with them. And I was out of breath and I'm like, well, this ain't cool. Um, and, and that was kind of what got me started going um, on my fitness. And I started going out and trying to, trying to run, which my first run, I made it about two blocks before I had to walk. Um, it, it made for a very long mile to get that first mile done. Um, but I didn't quit. And, and I got to the point where I was, you know, much better off. And I was, I was much, you know, and my kids were young enough at that time. That's when we really started going on the walks and the bike rides and stuff a lot more. I mean, we did some of them before, just not as much. Um, but I think me starting that for myself really set the tone for my kids. Um, and it's been, a lot better ever since then. Yep. Yeah. Leading from the front, right. That's, that's kind of the job as, you know, I'm a firm believer of the husband and wife walk hand in hand side by side, but you also, as the patriarch of the home, you have certain expectations um, that I, you know, in, in today's society, a lot of people may, may call this whatever you want. I don't know, whatever they want to call it. I don't even know the terms for it. I don't, I don't care. But um, as the husband and the father, you're in charge of leading, you're in charge of presiding, protecting and providing for your family. And part of that is definitely being capable to do so. Right. right? And health is a big part of that. If you, again, taking everything that you can control, which part of that is your health to a certain extent, obviously there's things that are out of our control, but you know, what you put in your mouth, how active you are, those are two things that you can control. And if you take control of that, your family in turn is going to see you taking control of that, see the changes in you and want the same because you're going to be happier and you're not going to have as short of a fuse 
And, and they're going to see that and they're going to say, Hey, if it's making dad happy or my husband happy, then maybe I should be doing that too. And naturally they'll incorporate it. Maybe not to the same extent, but yeah. they won't fight you on getting outside and things like that. And I love that you said you started from the get go, right? Three and five, those are super young ages where they're still developing habits um, that you can ingrain in their heads. You know, this is what dad does. Right. Yeah. And this is what we do as a family period. No arguments about it. Like for my family on Sundays, if there's not a foot of snow up on the mountains, we're going for a hike and it's generally the same hike and it can get boring sometimes, but they know we go for a hike. And if you get tired, dad will carry you kind of thing. Um, it sounds like you guys have set those awesome standards as well with your family. And I, I applaud that. It's a big deal because uh, most people want to come home from work and they want to, they want to punch out and they want to get home and they want to watch some TV, Netflix, binge, eat some junk food and then go to bed and then start over again until they retire. And then they wonder why they're out of shape. <laughs> they wonder yeah. why their life isn't as happy as it could be. And uh, I love that you incorporate those things. Yeah. And that's, you know, for me, that that's never, that hasn't hardly ever been an option for me, especially since we've had this house. Um, when, when we bought our house here, um, I don't think anything had been updated in it since the 60s. And uh, so we we started off um, and we got this. I mean, my son wasn't even one yet. And so after work, it was, you know, every night we're coming over here to the house, working on the house, doing this. Uh, we had to we had to do all new plumbing in it, new um, new electrical. Uh, we redid a lot, a lot. We completely redid the bathroom, everything. And uh, then after I finished that and we had, after we had our first two kids leading into our, when my wife was pregnant with my third one, we're like, you know what? We don't really have room for a third kid. And we'd already been talking about building an addition in the house. And when uh, we went over to tell her parents that we were pregnant with a third, we, cause my, my wife's dad's a, he's a, contractor and, and stuff so that's helped out a lot um and that that was we, we walked over there and said hey uh we need the we need to get the addition done by by march and he's like why is that well <laughs> gonna have another one we uh, created an addition so we need your help putting an addition on the house <laughs> yeah and i tell you what we got um in our addition, we built our new master bedroom and we got moved into our master bedroom one week before we had our, our third child. So, wow. <laughs> um, but we did, you know, everything from the, from the ground up, um, laying block, which is something that I had never done before. So he was teaching me with that, um, and everything in between. And after that project was done, we started building a garage. So that's awesome. that that's pretty much for the first, uh, I don't know, about seven years that I lived here, it was working on the house in some manner when I got off work. So, you know, I've never really been the one to come home and sit on my butt and do nothing. Uh, if I wasn't working on our house, I was doing something for the town. Um, I, I'm not doing it this year, but I used to do all the mowing for the town here. I also 
Um, I'm now the fire chief for our fire department. Wow. And so I've been on the, I've been on the volunteer department now for nine years here. Um, and my wife's the city clerk here in town. And so she's always finding projects for me to do too, to <laughs> that have to do with the town, you know, um, you know, something needs to be fixed at the community center or something at the fire department or something at the park and this and that. And, um, we, we don't really sit very much. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. And that, you know, that again, that's key. And, and you understand this being, you know, being a legionnaire that they talk about the fundamentals of, or the foundations of health and, and a big part of that is movement. Right. And, and also, um, you know, something that I'm noticing uh, in me personally is I've been going to the chiropractor for, uh, almost a month now and, um, and the PT and they're just like, like you're built stout. You could tell you're strong, but you're tight. And I'm, they're like, let me guess, you have a desk job. Like you go work out and then you have a desk job. I'm like, yeah, pretty much, you know? And so like, um, I, I have to work on that mobility now that I'm about to hit 30, you know, I'm getting old and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, I'm, I'm loving the, the whole movement thing, the, that key in, in your guys' lives. And, and I think that's awesome too, that you guys are, are serving um, your community, you know, and, and also that you've built, you've literally built your house the way that you guys wanted it to be. Um, that's something that I don't have the patience for, to be honest with you. I, uh, I was just doing these simple little chores around the house here. Cause I, I finished up my last class, uh, yesterday and I was like, okay, I'm going to start knocking out things on the honeydew list before I go out for this pig hunt here in April. And, um, and I start doing things and like, I hit one little snag, like I measure perfect and do this and that. And then like, I hit a little snag because there's something that I didn't measure for. And dude, I'm telling you like that, that just blows my mind. I get so frustrated. So I can't imagine building an entire addition on a house, you know, that my respects. And uh, the, the neat thing too, that's been very lucky for us and with her, her father, um, cause he, he doesn't do as much construction anymore. He does more um, demolition stuff. He, he does, he's got a big excavator and, and does digging and stuff like that too. Um, but before we built our addition, we went out and tore down a corn crib. And like the only boards that I had to buy for my addition were the two by fours for the interior walls. Oh, that's awesome. And same for my garage. We went out and tore down another corn, old corn crib. And which is why my garage ended up with two walls that are made out of two by eights and two walls that are made out of two by sixes. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, it's uh yeah, we made and the garage is what 20, 26 by 36 with a, with an attic storage in it. So, and now it's completely full of stuff. So okay, we're trying to figure out what the next thing is going to be um, to try to make a little room again. <laughs> yeah i think the next thing should be your gym <laughs> well i think what's going to happen um because we've got another lot here in town that we've got a, a garden in um we're either going to build a building over there or um my father-in-law is talking about uh he's got a place that he might be able to get a garage that we could move in there and so i can get a lot of the junk that's 
in the way here that's just kind of storage stuff move that over there and then i can have a little more room again in my garage here um where it's heated otherwise i might just move the gym over there and figure out a way to heat it one of the two i don't know yeah no i got you i got you man that that's impressive uh you know again i can can barely handle little chores around the house um <laughs> i'm not a handyman that is not my skill um but i i did want to i did want to ask you a little bit more to to delve into your journey um, you know talking about the gym and everything that you wanted to build in your house um you're you've obviously not always been a gym rat um you know you you're pretty active from what I understand, but what you said about six years ago, you started your more intense fitness journey. Walk me through those kind of six years. Well, so I'll, I'll go back a little farther first. Um, Cause back, you know, when I, when I was a younger kid, I was a little heavier. Um, and I, I developed this wonderful nickname from my um, uncle of marshmallow Um and that was my first motivation when I was, uh, I would have been like junior high age at that time. And I started, uh, my brother was in high school, so I was always having to stick around anyways. He was my ride. Um, and I got introduced to the weight room at school and, and started working out. And then throughout high school, I basically, I was what I called myself a religious weightlifter um monday wednesday monday wednesday friday i was always always at the weight room at the school even during the summer i'd go in and work out before my job uh whatever job i was doing at the time and so all the way throughout high school i was always lifting weights um always trying to get stronger and bigger for football and stuff never really accomplished getting very big um but i got pretty strong um and then uh my senior year i tore my acl and after i had a surgery went through the summer i went to college and you know throughout college it was just kind of worked out enough to stay in good shape and looking good and happy with that and then i met my wife and we got together and started having kids and started uh gaining that sympathy weight and it never came off <laughs> so yep. but yeah then six years ago uh, at my heaviest i got up to uh, 225 and for me i'm uh, you know i'm only not a very tall guy like around five nine so that was pretty pretty big for me for being a guy that throughout most of my life i hadn't hardly gotten over 160 pounds and um yeah it was just a struggle for me and i started out like i said i started out running and a little bit and i had one pair of 25 pound dumbbells and so i started doing workouts with those when i could and started running um you know i got on Instagram and I came across Cam Haynes and, and that was some inspiration. And then I came across Goggins and that was more inspiration and, uh, and just got up to where I was running quite a bit. Um, I've had a fair amount of issues with, with that through the years, but 
uh, it's been kind of interesting because when I started running again, I, I was never a good runner, was never a fast runner. Um, and the first time I told my parents that I was, you know, running all the time, you know, I ran 30 miles this week. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> my brother ran cross, <laughs> my, my brother ran cross country back in the day. Um, and I hated running. I, you know, I was on the track team just cause our track coach was a defensive coach for football. That was, that was it. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just been, it, it's nice for me. I like it being able to get out every day. Um, you know, now I go out over my lunch hour every day when I'm at work and I'll either run or walk. Um, but, uh, throughout those years, when I, when I first decided that I was really going to do this, um, it was when I was going to turn 30. I, I was, I was turning 30 in July. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose my initial goal is I'm going to lose 30 pounds by the time I turn 30. I started this in January and, um, it was just a struggle. Uh, I actually ended up losing, um, almost 50 pounds. And by the time I, by the time I turned 30, um, but by the time Christmas rolled around, I was back up to 200 pounds again, not, not all the way back up there, but I, and basically ever since then, I just kind of struggled. I sat around 200 pounds and, you know, I might get a few to come off and then a few came back on and, and I, I could just never stay consistently where I wanted to be. Um, but then, uh, like I said, in July, I, I got into the summer challenge last year, got in the app and, um, when Caitlin started telling, talking to me about tracking macros, I was like, don't know what that is. Um, so, you know, I got crash course on that and started, um, you know, tracking my food and, and that was just a huge eye opener for me. Um, and I mean, the biggest thing was I didn't realize how many empty junk calories I was drinking every day alone, let alone the food. And, but I just dug in, um, through the first challenge last year, I lost 20 pounds in the summer challenge. And then I kind of maintained that between challenges. And then in the fall challenge last year, I lost another 10 and I got down to 169. And it was pretty funny because there, there was one night, um, I can't remember what I was, I was doing, but I, you know, just went to change clothes and I came out from our bedroom without shirt on and my eight-year-old's like, daddy, you have abs. I'm like, <laughs> yep, I do. She's like, how did you get those? I'm like, well, they've always been there. They were just kind of covered up with padding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, and it was kind of funny because then I think about, what was that? About a month or two ago, my, my son, he's 10. He comes up to me. He's like, daddy, I've got abs now too. I'm like, you're getting there, bud. <laughs> That's awesome. So he's, he's been getting in 
he'll go out there in the garage every once in a while and grab some of my weights and, and do a little workout. And some of the times when I can make it to the rack, um, with him, because, uh, basically the only time that I go, um, work at the rack around here is, is when our kids have like practice or something that's going on. Um, cause it's a, I mean, it's a 30 mile round trip to get there. So I, I'm, it's not something that I can just drive there every day and work out. Um, just especially now with the way gas prices are going up, but, uh, but it's fun when we're there, you know, usually the whole family is there and my son will come over and he'll be over there lifting some weights and my daughter gets on, you know, an elliptical or, um, or one of the treadmills or something. So, um, that's been pretty fun since we, cause we just joined that back in December. So, or November. So that was a new thing to me going back to actually lifting weights in a weight room, um, other than just working out here at home. Um, but it's been, it's, it's definitely been, uh, been a journey for me. And, and honestly, I, you know, using the, using the app with first form was just, it just completely changed things for me. Um, being able to, you know, track my food. And like I said, I've gotten down to 169. And then here at the beginning of the year, um, I've been working on bulking and trying to build, build strength and build muscle. Cause that's, like I said, throughout high school, I could never do that. And I'm like, all right, I want to be able to actually put on some muscle and, and some size. And so, you know, that, that too has been pretty interesting for me. Um, you know, going back up in calories and, but doing it the right way. Um, and then I started 75 hard too at the beginning of the year. And so I was trying to bulk while eating all clean with no cheat meals. Um, which that, that, that was a bit of a struggle trying to get enough <laughs> healthy calories. Um, I was like, come on, I just want that bowl of ice cream or something <laughs> yep. that would just, that would get me exactly what I need. But, um, but no, that was, that was definitely, I, I've learned, I've learned as much since the beginning of the year doing that as I did last year losing weight. Um, and then doing 75 hard, had I not gotten the stomach bug on day 59, I would have been done by now. Um, but that, that day, that knocked me completely. I, I slept 18 hours that day. It was, I, I hadn't been hit by anything like that. And I don't remember the last time I had something like that, but it just, one of my daughters had it the same day. We were both laying down for most of the day and not feeling good. And, Dang it. and it was a bit of struggle, a struggle probably two weeks after that, just getting back to, back to where I was eating what I needed to be eating again. Um, cause I just with my, with my stomach and everything, I was like, I was like, I, I can't force myself to eat this, this food. Um, but now I'm back to normal again, feeling good, full strength, 
getting my got my energy back because that was another thing it just zapped my energy yeah. um but yeah that's life you just gotta roll with the punches <laughs> yeah there's always something huh there always seems to be something and and uh you know that that really sucks i'm so i'm in my third round of 75 hard have you done it before no this is my first time doing it okay all right. So I did my first round in 2020, which you, so you started the fall or the summer challenge. You did the summer challenge last year or the year before? Last year in 2020, okay, cool. 2021. Awesome. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me just pause there. So you're telling me that you can make health progress, fitness progress in the middle of uh, a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's well, crazy. It's crazy. Cause I, I hate, so I've heard both sides and I know there's a lot of people that have suffered and dealt with um, COVID have had people pass away. Um, but to be honest with you, the last two years have been the best two years of my life. COVID aside um, in 2020 was the first time I did 75 hard. Um, you know, I, I lost a ton of weight similar to you. Um, and I love hearing stories that, that, people can get through this, take this rough time of a pandemic and still progress and even accelerate their progression um, like what you've done. And it's all about, you know, community. It's all about your, but mainly your own discipline, a little bit of motivation sprinkled in there, but mainly the discipline that you put in. Now you say you're five, nine and you got down to 169. I don't remember last time I was 169, dude. And I'm I'm 5'10 on a good day, depending on the shoes I'm wearing. Um, yeah. I'm like 5'9 and a half. And, uh, and I have, like right now I'm about 200. And, and it was a struggle. Like I was hungry to get down to 193 last year. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I, it's just, it blows me. I'm like, if I was 169, I'd probably blow away in the wind. I don't know if I, it's my Scottish, uh, Scottish Irish heritage. I'm just thick. I don't know. But like I was 193 and I felt like I couldn't lose much more weight. And, well, uh, you know, that that's like me. I still, if, you know, my, my whole adult life, I've hated the, like the BMI chart. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Um, Cause yeah, my, the BMI chart still says that I'm overweight. Yep. And um, like a guy, my height is supposed to be like a hundred and, 40 pounds or something i'm like i'm like i haven't been 140 pounds since i was in eighth grade so yeah other than when i cut weight for wrestling my freshman year of high school exactly but it's like no that doesn't make sense yeah yeah it, it's an old it's in my opinion outdated um especially if you're into any any sort of athletic or lifting where you have any kind of muscle mass like mm -hmm. my legs, like if you cut my legs off, I'd probably lose 50 pounds just because I mean, I've got freaking tree trunks. And so um, like it just it's it's a little outdated, like it may apply to some people. But like when I was down to I want to say it was probably 12, 13 percent body fat. Um, I still was at 193. And, mm -hmm. and so like that's why I like going off of more body fat percentage rather than yep. BMI, just because it, it varies. It is so uh situationally different for different people, you know? Um, well, but I, Oh, go ahead. You know, and that's why I like too. you know, you can't focus on, on the weight. You can't focus on the scale. Um, that was another thing that's been, been really cool when I did, you know, have been doing this bulking 
with 75 hard um, from January till probably the beginning of January till probably the middle of February. Um, I gained a pound, maybe two. But if you looked at my pictures, you're like, mm. you would think that was like 10 pound weight difference. Um, and it's just cause you know, it, the weight just moved, it came off of some places and it can't put on different places. But, um, that was what was just blowing me away. Cause you know, I, I was working with, with my advisor still, and we were adding calories each week, you know, looking at my progress. Um, and it's like, we, we added f like 500 calories before I gained a single pound. And that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was just getting into the, you know, from going from before that, I, you know, I just came off of Christmas. Um, I, I indulged in some, some Christmas goodies mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, we're, you know, Midwestern family, we're, we're pretty, uh, pretty meat and potatoes and, um, and, and some fried stuff. And, you know, it's, it's not all always the healthiest things. And before I got into 75 hard there, you know, I still ate plenty of things that you, you wouldn't probably say were the most healthy. Um, but I made them fit, fit in my numbers. Um, but then switching over to 75 hard and eating all cleaner food and no, you know, no cheat meals. Um, it was just like, all right, we're, we're adding these calories. We're adding these calories. We're, we're getting up there and then started, you know, progressing. And, and now the weight's starting to come on. The muscle is starting to come on. I can see, I can physically see the difference in pictures. Um, and that's what I wanted. Um, and that's, what's been, been really cool for me because I've never, you know, never done anything like that before. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, and, and I'm, I'm excited. So I imagine you're going to start 75 hard back up. Yeah. Um, I haven't, haven't decided when, um, yeah. you know, I was, I was thinking of doing it when it warmed up. Um, and then I could get the kids involved more, uh, with my outdoor workouts, uh, cause starting it in January in Iowa, oh man, um, I definitely had some outdoor workouts where it was where pe most people would think that I was insane. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a few times where it was, you know, wind chill was in the negative thirties, somewhere around there. Um, but honestly, I, at those times, that's when I, you know, I'd throw some layers on, I'd throw on the insulated hunting gear on the outside and I'd throw on a 50 pound pack and go out and hike. And, you know, it's, um, if you're, you know, if you're moving out in temperature like that, you, you can, you can wear clothes that'll keep you warm as long as you're moving. I mean, if you're sitting still, it's a lot harder, but if you're, if you're out there moving, it's not that bad. Just got to keep your skin covered and keep, keep that cold wind off of it. But, but yeah, I think it'd be, be more fun. The kids would, you know, kids would enjoy it when I, when we got into, 
um, into February, like I was taking the kids out, you know, we were going out shed hunting. Um, that was the, that was my outdoor workout, you know, hiking out around with the kids and we, you know, we'd go out for like an hour shed hunting and, and so it, it was fun being able to get them involved some later on when it was starting to warm up a little bit and, um, to where they weren't freezing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that, that's cool, man. I, you know, I'm excited to, to hear more about it. And when you do get through, cause I, I know you'll get through the program and, and it, it really sucks to, to have to, you know, have something out of your control, like a stomach bug um, hit you like that and knock you out. And then you obviously can't keep anything down. So you can't eat, you know, you can't hit your diet, which is part of the 75 hard, but, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a group that I'm in right now of guys that decided to, to, um, to do it. And so, you know, I'm there's kind of support while I'm going through it as well, but, uh, it's a great program and not even just for the physical aspect of it. It's mainly like what I've noticed and why I'm doing it again and why I did live hard last year. So the, you know, phase one, two, and three as well is because of how I feel. So I'm able to concentrate more and, and more, be more disciplined and I almost crave being on a phase of the program when I'm not able to be on a phase of the program. And -hmm. it's kind of weird. It almost sounds sadistic, you know, to, to think about, you know, you crave that, like that drive, but no one's keeping you to it. No one's holding you to it. No one cares if you fail or succeed, like unless you've done it and you want to congratulate other people, like Andy's not sitting there saying, Oh, there you go. You screwed up. Like no one's doing that in this program. That's what I love about it. It's so self-driven that if you want to do it and and it's scalable, like what you were saying, you can get the kids involved. You know, you can go out and you can go on a hike, throw some weight on your back and go shed hunting for your outdoor workout. Mm -hmm. People don't think of that as a workout until you add some weight to your back. And then you're like, okay, (laughs) you know? Um, And, and so, Oh, go ahead. And, and that's what I preach to people a lot too, you know, is, is, you know, you can't underestimate the power of walking. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I did the summer challenge last year, I hurt my foot and I couldn't run through most of it. And so through that eight week challenge, I lost 20 pounds by working out and walking. Yep. And it's and most people just kind of you know they don't think about walking that much but it's it's definitely something that a great tool for people to use and and it's something anybody can do yeah and i think and and pretty much everyone has a backpack laying around the house and people yeah. have books and people have you know things like you don't have to have weights or a weighted vest or a cool uh you know backpacking pack to go to go throw some weight on your back, just get a school backpack, a Jan sport, whatever, and throw some books in it. And you'll be surprised that what 20 pounds can do, or even 10 pounds can do to you after a 45 minute walk at a, at a decent yep. pace. Um, it, it, it blows me away every time. Uh, every time I put some weight on and, and I come back and I drop the weight off and like my shoulders can like float again, you know, and yeah, uh, it just, it, it's, I agree with you hundred percent. And also I just got done reading a book, um, the comfort crisis where, and I would recommend that book to anyone. I love it. It's awesome. It talks about kind of our modern day scenario compared to, um, our ancestors. And, and he talks about rucking, which is basically the same as weighted hiking at a good pace. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he talks about how there's studies showing that 
that running puts X amount of pressure on your knees and your hips, whereas rucking is less pressure, but you get the same benefits cardiovascularly, which maybe I'm biased and I'm like wanting to think that that's the case. I know every study is different, but I'm like, I hate running. So I love the idea of, of rucking, right? And, um, or weighted hikes. And so again, going back to things that I've, that, and the reason why I wanted you to come on, on the podcast is because you keep things so simple. You don't overcomplicate things and it doesn't make it easier. Right. And I, I love to harp on that phrase, simple, but not easy. Keeping it simple makes it able for you to do right. Yeah. If you make it complicated, you're not going to want to do it. It makes you, it's going to make you uncomfortable because it's not easy, but the simpler it can be, the more likely you are to do it. Right. And also yeah. When you have a family, getting your family involved like you do, like every single thing that we've talked about today, I love that you keep bringing up, well, I can get my kids involved here or I can get my kids involved there. I'm going to wait a little bit until it warms up so I can get my kids in the outdoors. Like things like that hit home to me because I'm the same way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, when it gets cold, it's hard to step away. I have to do my workouts in the backyard um, so that I don't leave the kids or they can only go around the block with me before they're freezing, you know, things like that. And, and so I, I just love that, that, that aspect of things that, and I'd, I'd love to keep you on. I've already had you for an hour and it's crazy. <laughs> it's been an hour. Right. Um, but we, we're going to have to follow up, especially when you get done with 75 hard, but we're going to have to follow up, especially with uh, archery as well and other things that I kind of want to delve into. Um, but I really appreciate your time. And I, I love, again, I can't harp on this enough. I, I love that you apply your family to fitness and the outdoors. Being a dad is a big priority, obviously, for you. I love the pictures that you've got up behind you. Um, just things like that. It just shows what kind of man you are. And again, that's what stood out to me um, and why I wanted you to have you on here, because you live those, those three main things that I talk about, the faith and family, fitness, and the outdoors. Um, where can people find you if they're looking to, to look you up or uh, talk to you or shoot you a message or just follow you. So on, uh, Instagram, you know, that's my, where I'm most, um, I'm on the most and that's, uh, C Wells, uh, dot one nine eight six. Um, that, yeah, that's where I'm the most active. Um, I've been on TikTok a little bit and my kids give me crap about that. They're like, <laughs> dad is on TikTok. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> right. I'm trying to dabble in that too. And I'm not very good at it. I like yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, mostly on Instagram. Um, that's where I put most of my content. Um, and, uh, and I'm, you know, working on building a, um, my Facebook group group too. Um, and uh, like, like your red beard outdoors. Um, I have the, uh, BVOI, which stands for best version of yourself, that's awesome. um, outdoor fit life. And so that's, that's my Facebook group that I've got going that I've been working with people and, uh, just trying to motivate people to live a healthier life. And, um, you know, it's, it's changed my life and just trying to do the best to help as many other people do the same. That's awesome. And I, I, uh, thanks for sharing those things. I'll make sure I leave those in the in the description down below as well. But uh, just one more thing I want to ask you to kind of wrap things up. Uh, if you had to say 
one reason why you do what you do, whether it be with fitness, family, the outdoors, uh, what is your big why? Um, I mean, my big, my big why is my family and, um, you know, just being able to be there for them. Um, and a lot of that, another thing that kind of led me to start this six years ago, um, I had a cousin that was 40 years old that died of a heart attack. Um, and was overworked, overweight, worked a desk job, just like I do. Um, and my wife had a cousin that her husband died of a heart attack as well. Um, and he was in his thirties and I was overweight and felt like crap all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a heart attack and die and leave my kids and not be able to see them grow up. And so, you know, just being able to keep myself healthy, to be here for them and to be able to do stuff with them. Um, you know, my son, if my son wants to go out and throw the football or if they want to go out and kick the soccer ball around, or if he wants to go out and shoot hoops, you know, I don't want to be winded and tired and dead in a minute and be like, Oh, that's, that's all I can do. I'm sorry. You know, I want to be able to, to do anything that my kids ask me to do. Um, and I want to stay faster than my kids for as long as possible. We'll see how long that lasts. I don't think it's going to last very long because I'm not a fast person. <laughs> right. <laughs> I run every day, but I don't run very fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say, I, I think that a lot of people hit that bottom and there's always something. It's unfortunate that it has to be that way. Um, and you know, that we always find some reason why, um, and it, it seems to be in our darkest moments, you know, that we find that, but, um, you've held on to it and, and, you know, I congratulate you and your journey. And obviously you're still working on it and you're tinkering and, and finding things that work for you and things that don't. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where you go with there. So, um, yeah, just again, thank you so much for being on the podcast and, all you guys out there listening again, I'll leave the links in the description below uh, where you can find Clay and uh, follow his journey along with me. And uh, and as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Clay is just an awesome guy. I really enjoyed speaking with him and uh, just go check him out. Follow his story, follow his journey. And hope you guys have an amazing rest of your weekend. Go get outside with your loved ones. Hopefully you have good weather. You can enjoy the spring and just get out, live your life, and love it.